and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. But that's not what we're doing today, everybody. Today, what we're going to do is determine the best comedy for one specific year, and that year is 2019. Let me introduce everybody. First off, I'm Greg. Hello. Hi. Thanks for listening. Up next is Taylor. That's me. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fine. You ready to tackle these 2019 comedies? Nope. No? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You can't prepare yourself. You think you can, but you can't. I don't watch television. Yeah. I well, don't... that okay. You could have prepared yourself actually a little bit. Now that I think about it, not even watch these shows. Watch a show. Yeah, no. dude, you gotta watch um, some. I don't own a TV. Oh, uh, I didn't know you were smart and cool. That is definitely the longest anyone's ever gone without mentioning that. Books from Unnatural Twenties. How are you doing, books? Oh, I'm doing great. Do you own a TV? I do own a TV. Even though your nickname is books. Even though my nickname is books, <laughs> I own a TV, and it's great to store books in front of. <laughs> That's a good system. And all the way from, am I reading this correctly, Denver, Mike? Yep. Me and the last dinosaur just kicking it together. He's oh. not from Denver. That's his name is Denver. No, no. He moved here, and he's my friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> Wait, a whole lot more? Hand jobs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, we're dinosaurs with benefits. <laughs> also from Unnatural 20s, Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hi, Greg. Uh, you're really good at picking Oscar nominees, apparently. Yeah, you guys. I was not prepared for that. That was... That was a big boost to my ego. You did a really good job. That was a real yeah. bummer for mine, honestly. Yeah, and, and mine as well. Uh, Taylor and I have been trying to comfort each other, but it's been pretty tough. Did you guys see how Cassie looked all three losers right in the face and said, I did not prepare at all for that? Yeah, yeah. One of the movies she picked was Howard the Duck. So <laughs> From 1984. <laughs> and this also, joining me, current reigning best friend, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing? You're, you're not going to read all the Game of Thrones-like titles I gave you for the intro? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ginger with the minger. <laughs> like, Everybody's creepy uncle. <laughs> yield of stick, dragons. Yield sticky fingers. Okay. That's probably enough that's of those. Probably, yeah. I'll just put this scroll Did you say now. imagine dragons? <laughs> I said of dragons should go after all those titles. I oh, always yeah. felt like imagine dragons is the least necessary name ever because bro, way ahead of you. <laughs> always, always doing it. <laughs> right? I'm already there. You can just call your band dragons, huh? And I'm like, yup. Dragons. <laughs> Whoa. All day. And you're like, yup, because every band just needs a response to their title for yeah. you. <laughs> Weezer? Uh-huh. Yup. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so guys, 2019, what's the state of 2019 comedies? Mm, I think Colorado. Where okay. Denver is? Somewhat, it's funny again. Somewhat, comedy for a few years back, all comedies were like, what if they made you cry, motherfucker? What if we were never funny? Uh-huh. And comedy, it, it's, it's a nice balance. It, it's kind of like a realistic grounding, maybe crush your soul a little, but what if we also made jokes again? Just crush your We're soul. allowed. We're allowed to be funny again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the blending is so weird. Like, is this comedy a drama? Why is Chernobyl so funny? You uh-huh. know, like, we don't know what genre it is Because those dogs, they're not right. Those dead-ass dogs. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> dead-ass. But I will say that I think now that we're, we've gone from peak TV to avalanche TV, I think that drama took the hit. Uh-huh. And comedy is just as good. Yeah, or maybe even better. I, this is, a, I feel like, personally, a very exciting time for comedy. Because like Mike said, comedy got important for a while, and that was neat. I'm glad that, that we <laughs> yeah, did that. Very but, cool. Yeah, but now it feels like comedy is still very important by being really good comedy. And sometimes those things are, are like making commentaries, but sometimes it's just like being really good and really funny and really goofy. 
I feel like 2019 better comedy year than 2018. Is it too hard to differentiate between those two years? I mean, isn't it the same eight shows? It's the same eight shows for sure. <laughs> no, but there are there's some, there's some new stuff yeah. here. We got some frosh. We you know some of these comedies don't renew every year, and so we get them like on the off years. I bet some of these don't even ever face off against each other. Yeah, because the the new way you do comedy is we'll let you know when we have ten episodes. Yeah, so I mean in, we in like three years there'll yeah, be another season. Back off. A couple of weeks ago, we cut eight comedies, and all of those eight would have made their own bracket, like uh-huh. a perfect bracket, you know? So the fact that those are gone is sad and shows you how great comedy is right now. Yeah, so we did the first round last week, and now we are down to eight comedies that we have watched the fudge out of and that we are basically basically experts on. Is that saying mm-hmm. too much, Ryan? Yes. No, it's, uh, it is saying absolutely too much. Uh, <laughs> do you want to know the eight that died? Yes. yes. Let's hear about the eight that died. It's been a while. Should so we all hum taps? R.I.P. Yeah. No longer in the bracket, because we didn't think they were good enough. The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. That's rude. Sits Creek. Wow. Bojack Horseman. Tuca and Birdie. Sex Education. Veep. Glow. What We Do in the Shadows. I have to say, some of those feel downright disrespectful of us. Yeah. Like, there's some comedies in there that I don't think we have the right to say are not allowed to be considered in this. But we did that last week, and <laughs> what we're going to do today is we're going to pick the best, but we're starting with just eight, right? Do I tell the people now? Or do, do it. We, we unveil it real slowly. Okay, so the ones we're going to talk about on this episode are Fleabag, Better Things, I Think You Should Leave, The Other Two, Russian Doll, Rami, Barry, and Pen15. So there's some new kids on the block here, right? And there's some old kind of like... Mark, Marky Mark is stomping all over this list. That's he wasn't in New Kids he, on the Block. That was his fucking idiot. brother, you stupid son oh of a bitch. bitch. It's Donnie. It's Donnie. It's Donnie. Okay, we're, oh my God. Uh, we're That's a go Donnie bro. We're going to go you to want, a break. You're talking about uh. Johnny and Joey and Donnie, fucking idiot. Okay, we'll take this off air. We're going to go on a break so we can scream at each other for a couple hours. But when we come back, we're going to get to some of these matchups. And we're back with our first matchup. It's number one overall seed, Fleabag, versus number nine overall seed, Better Things. One taught us all about how hot priests, longing, and jumpsuits can be. And the other taught us moms and actors are basically treated like animals. Fleabag returned in 2019 and dominated the cultural conversation for at least a month. Better Things is a show that no one off this podcast has ever seen or probably heard of. Books, as a smart person, do you think that popularity gap matters? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, no. As a smart person. As a smart person, because most of society sucks. So okay. no, the popularity gap doesn't matter. Oh, but that's the our, smartest this, smart person thing you can say. This is our show, so I think we can make up the rules whatever we want. But yeah. W- did, are, is anybody here? I'll, I'll open it up to everybody else. Are you moved at all by the fact that Fleabag is like the biggest show of 2019 versus Better Things, a show that honestly... I swear I've never heard anybody other than you guys ever even like, uh, mention it. I also haven't. And this yeah. is the first year that I actually watched the show because uh-huh. Louis C.K. is finally no longer executive producing it. His name's still on it, though. That's always fun. Every yeah, episode. once you create. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why God's name is on everything. That's oh, how his fucking daughters feel for sure, dude. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. I'm sure he's put his name on that more than one way. Ew. Ew. What? Awful. Baby tattoos? He's talking about the horrific trend of baby tattoos. I moved that be stricken from the record. (laughs) I I don't even know what it would be in reference to. You guys all knew halfway through the sentence that it wasn't a good idea and could have stopped me. (laughs) And yet we did it because we could have an opportunity to judge you. But yeah, no. I I think the popularity matters in the last round. When you're whittling down the 16 Mm -hmm. in those fights, you're like, well, what matters more of the year? I wish I could give points. Let's talk about quality. Mike. 
Mork. Even even talking about quality though. Skadoosh. Are, are are we leaning towards you had a good run, better things. Congratulations. I I agree with Mike. Like I think that this is such an easy slam dunk for Fleabag because one of the like just it was everywhere. Yeah. And two, it's it's an hard to argue with borderline perfect show. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> it's a very good show. It's, it's not just the fact that it's popular. But I spent it's a lot of time thinking about this last night, and I do not think that this is a slam dunk. I oh. do think that um, both of them do. Similar things, great. I think that they're both sort of like these half biopic, half not ways of, in a minimalist way, talking about like the human existence and what it's like to just have, like, be up in your head and have these life problems that I aren't... felt like this season of Better Things was way more obvious that it was an auto, like, that yeah. it was autobiographical. <laughs> There's a part at which the, a show that she's been on is mentioned, and it's not King of the Hill that they say, but it's like Champ of the Mill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> King of the Kill, which is, sounds awesome. Um, but this season of Better Things, because I've seen all of them, the other two seasons, the first two seasons were a little bit more gimmicky. You uh-huh. know, there was ones that were like, uh, they had a funeral for the mom, and there was one with a big. Dance. Who's still alive? Who's still right, alive? Yeah, Phil. No, they had a they had um, Pamela Adlon's funeral, where oh, they laid yeah. her down and they gave eulogies for Dude, her. That was such a good one. Yeah, I didn't cry, but you probably did. <laughs> but it does this season like the, those gimmick that funeral episode was great, but this season relaxed. Yes, and yeah. now they're just making they all we know all the characters and they're all growing up enough that they all feel more lived in and. I think if we weren't getting Curb back this year, that Pamela Adlon's hat is fully in the ring for our generation's. Uh, what's Bernie Sanders' real name? Larry David. Curb enthusiast. <laughs> Larry David. Thank Ber- you. Bernard Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what Bernard is Sanderson. Do you have a different name? <laughs> but like, I think the relaxing is what helped it. Helped it. Like, without the dance sequences and the funerals, like the best that this show is is like she's making a dinner for like not even that many people. You know, and we get to see all of the ins and outs of that dinner. Uh-huh. And I think Taylor sort of hit it on the head. Like, it's not just that we don't like Louis C.K., but the fact that all dudes were taken away from the behind the scenes and replaced with her. Yeah. She co-wrote every episode. She directed every episode. Now we can chill back. We're not worried about viewership, obviously. Uh-huh. Not a show that has ever been worried about viewership. <laughs> and I thought it was near perfect. And when I'm looking at the two, Better Things is just, uh, it's just better filmmaking. It's just more polished like more realized show it's more real it's more realistic i think and i would say its style is to be almost less stylized Mm -hmm. and then that that seems to work you i really feel like you're being pulled into her world and seeing what it's really like to be in there day in day out but I don't experience the same levels of joy watching better things that I did watching Fleabag. And Fleabag is about how hard life is as well. But it, there, I just feel there's a little bit more joy there. Yeah. And I also, I, I think I would push back against your better filmmaking comment. Because Fleabag, I think, is a extremely well-made show. I think it's an extremely well-written show. She looks show. into the camera a lot, That's, though, guys. And you're I, not I, supposed I to do that as an actress. Yeah, they you're ended not... the season with her accidentally looking right down the barrel. And it's like... The director's Honey, supposed to say cut before yeah, that happens. Or at least edit it out or something. But she almost smirks, like, whoops, I got caught, you know? But That's he- why you can't have a tyrannical star. <laughs> like, everybody's afraid of her on that set. She's a notorious monster. Phoebe, throw you off that Waller Bridge. Hip- Jesus Christ. Oh, damn. Uh, I have to say, I like when actors turn to the camera. It, Judy Dench did it in Cats, and that's one of my favorite movies. All right, so that's a point against Fleabag, then, I would say. <laughs> Shit. No, but, like... 
speaking as a dumb person, like <laughs> I, have to, I have to preface everything I say with that from now just on. So everyone knows. Let's go to Cassie, resident dumb person, <laughs> in the booth. No, but I don't know if it's because like I just jumped on with better things. But to me, I had the complete opposite experience. Like to me, it felt like when you go to a mega church and they just start playing like sad music, so you like uh-huh. feel emotional. Like that's how most of the scenes felt for me. I was like, I'm supposed to be getting something like some emotional moment from this, but like. I don't. I just don't relate. I you, don't okay, care. so you didn't I, feel like it was it, a real. N- oh, okay. I had the similar feeling, but I think it lends to the fact that I didn't watch the first. Yeah, uh, two seasons. Because so. you you weren't yeah. one of the people on this podcast who talked about it a bunch. I have to say, yeah. though, <laughs> honestly, I. I I am going to disagree with that, though, because this show very much every episode kind of floats in its own Yeah, space. it's its own little so short So I don't film. think you have to be, like, locked in. You spend every episode of the show being like, how are these people related? Oh, they're brother and sister. Oh, they're ex-wife and ex-husband. Like, that's what it is. So, like, don't, don't, don't count that. Or, like, don't say you have to consider that. Because, consider that. Yeah, the way the show is meant to be approached, I think, is very much you could pick up any episode and it's supposed to feel a certain way. Yeah, and I think that goes to, like, I think that's sort of how... It's on purpose, and it's sort of how families work. Like, I remember growing up, and still today, every family I meet that's not mine, I'm both a little bit envious of, I wish I was in that family, and so glad I'm not. Yeah. And this show definitely has that. But stuff like, what's the main character's name? It's not Pamela, is it? Sam. 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 Sam, yeah. (laughs) Samela Padlon, the fact that uh, she calls her mom Phil has never been explained. Uh, It's just one of those, like, family But it says so fucking much, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or the fact that every time they walk up and down the stairs, they touch that guy on the head. Yeah. That little statue. That's just a thing that families have, you know? Uh, And it's not explained. Yeah, there is a shot from, I think, the first episode of this third season where you follow, the camera tracks the family all the way up their stairs and into their individual rooms. Uh-huh. And then you, uh, the camera like leaves Samuel Adlon in with one of her daughters and it comes all the way out reversing the shot. But when it gets to that guy at the top of their stairs, it holds. it's on him for yeah. like 20 seconds. And it's because like, that house, but specifically that dude, is like a character of the show. He's a member of their stupid family. The, will th- the w- one thing I will say about not watching every episode is that uh, we had time. Maybe you guys didn't to get used to how awful her two oldest daughters can oh, be. Oh yeah, that uh-huh. that takes some getting used to. And she. It's interesting because now the show is her with daughters of it feels like every difficult age. <laughs> because right. for a while the little one was just a little Duke, a little girl, and so yeah, Duke. So totally her friend. But at this point, she's got like the three of the really tough ages all at once. And I, maybe you guys have answered this. I understand the mother daughter relationship can be fraught. Uh, and she's got three different ones, and they're all so difficult, and they just scream at each other constantly. The, in the second episode of the season, I think, Duke, who was always like the precious baby, um, they're at like back to school night or a parent teacher uh-huh. or something. And, uh, She's like, Duke, don't leave me. I don't want to be alone. And Duke's like, let me be with my friend. And then shoves her somewhere between the chest and the throat. Yeah. Just like assaults her yeah. and says, fuck you, mom, and runs away. And the next episode, she just gets like, has the most intense cuss out for like a minute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But then the, what I have always loved about this show is that happens. And to me, where I grew up in a family where we didn't express ourselves that way. Right. That feels like a tragedy to me. But then in, because they do express themselves that way to each other as part of their love language, in two seconds, they're like hugging and like, you know, it's okay. Like, it, 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 it's yeah. so weird how they can go from just like screaming and fighting to like there being genuine love there. I 
I, I like I never I was not allowed to treat my mom like that when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And on the flip side, I have never said that I love her and I don't. So <laughs> like, take the good and the bad, I guess. Well, Ryan doesn't love his mom. But which show do you guys like? So I'm going to go around the horn. Is it going to be Fleabag or Better Things? Taylor? Fleabag. All right. Books. Fleabag. All right. It's not easy, but Fleabag. All right. Cassie. Fleabag. Ryan. As someone with five votes. Better things! Whoa, congratulations to Better Things for getting those votes. But Fleabag, you are moving on. When we come back, we're going to do another one of these crazy matchups. We are back. And you're not going to believe this, but the number 13 seed is I Think You Should Leave versus the number 5 seed, The Other Two. I Think You Should Leave is a nonstop fever dream of a sketch show delivered to us early by Santa Claus. <laughs> The and other, Rudolph. The other two is a sitcom that asks the question, what would it be like to have Justin Bieber as a little brother and to yourself be unexceptional? Cassie, the other two is a really good show. Anything you want to say about it before I fucking drop kick it into outer space? <laughs> I mean, yes, it was a very good show. I had like a lot of hopes for it, and it didn't really let me down. Oh, there's, yeah. Uh, every, there's like some really great characters. I love... Chase Dreams. Chase, Chase Dreams. Streeter. Yeah. Ken Marino's Streeter. Streeter is the best. That uh-huh. alone is like, my favorite part of this. I love an idiot like sidekick, uh-huh. idiot assistant. Like him just instantly when he came on scene, he's like, Chase means everything to me. And I was like, <laughs> he is my best it. friend. It's like he's on the circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the other two, very good show. Very and we should also mention that show. it has our boy Taylor. Taylor mm-hmm. is one of the two, and uh, I appreciate that. Drew Taylor. Yeah. Uh, uh, l- listen, Drew was incredible in this show. Uh, when their moment, I think it's the first episode where his boss is like, I watched a new movie. It's called <laughs> Tristan Gets Ridden by Oldie. He's like, I think that was a porn, and he just turns away. Yeah. <laughs> that was the moment I was like, this is my favorite show. I love this show. It would be my favorite show if I think you should leave Disney, though. Yeah. Let's not move on yet. Yeah, I would like to push <laughs> back a lot. Let's not scream. Th- so uh, the, another a great thing about the other two is we talked about how uh, comedy got very serious for a while, and it's been back. But before comedy got very serious, it got, what if we had the nastiest fucking people? What if they're all the biggest dirtbags and hard uh-huh. to watch? And this, at the beginning, this feels like a new It's Always Sunny. It feels like these were going to be monsters yeah. being monsters that everybody You're the worst, them. difficult people. Th- there's a real core of sweetness. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and I think that, in, in an almost like it's Parks and Rec tucked into difficult people uh, and you're the worst in a way that you're like, oh, there's real soul and heart here. Because watching the older siblings, they should be monsters to their little brother. But they, they love him. Right, yeah. the so the first, is it the end of the first episode where they he crawls in bed with them? Yes. Yes. Oh, guys. It, it, it would be very easy for it to be like, wow, we're jealous of our brother. And they like sort of flirt with that. Well, but for of the course most they part, are on right. some level jealous, but they're not like so embittered about but it. But for the most part, they're like, worried about their brother they're like yeah. this seems bad for you i like i totally agree with mike i feel like that this is the end of an era where it all sort of came together and those those shows that just have the two people barking like expletive filled insults at people is sort of slowing down and this is what we get this is like the capper on it where we have it's kind of a high premise for a show like this uh-huh. and how they do it how they like they make it a part of every episode but it's still about these this two, like brother and sister I think is like exactly what we need right now. And what grounds it in reality, and it's a pretty 
hot arch show, but it's that they are like that with each other about the world, but they're both huge fucking pussies uh-huh. when they're in the world. Yeah. Like, and that's I that's very real. I'm so tough when I'm just with yeah. you guys, and then I interact with anybody else. I'm just like, hey, thank you, nice to meet you, sir. Mike will like put us in headlocks all the time when he's hanging out with us, uh-huh. and then headlocks no one in the real world. Yeah, we're all those kind of people. Like to give advice, we're like, well, what I would have said is fuck you, Buster, and smack the coffee out of her hand. And then in real life, we're like, um, actually, I ordered a mocha, but then you served me a cup of hot water, and you know what? That's but okay. This is I'll okay. just drink it. I'll just drink the hot water. I would, I would straight up just be like, I guess I'm drinking hot water now. I wouldn't even bring up. I, I wouldn't bring up. I literally been to a restaurant where they forgot to give me my food while my whole family was eating. I did not eat dinner that day because I just couldn't say shit about it. What about? Did your family notice? No, yeah, they thought I bad. didn't order anything. Everyone's just waiting for your food to come and just looking at your plate. They just figured I decided not to eat dinner that night. They didn't even do the thing where they each take off like an eighth of their plate and put it on your plate. Scrape it over. Yeah. And I find it very nice in um, the other two to see Ken Marino now, who's been in so much stuff that's yeah. important to us. And But also Molly Shannon. And Molly Shannon yes. is a shit, dude. herself a career. Molly Shannon. Check her out. <laughs> Up and comer. She's doing a good job. We ha- I, I sort of have to do this now. The other show, although has very funny moments, um, ultimately doesn't have, and I understand it's a skit show, but even in a skit show way, almost has like negative, reverse, repetitive character development uh-huh. where it's essentially the same pitch yeah. with a couple of words switched around. And we have our favorites. And you can tell what our favorites are because we quote them every day uh-huh. of our lives. Every, non-fucking every stuff. Goddamn the day. Tim Robinson character that had to fill only like a 90 minutes of but in a, an entire season. Yeah, for sure. There are many sketches, all maybe more than the gold, that it does get old. You know, uh, it's basically disagree. the same character. Disagree. Well, it's essentially... Well, we're it in a battle right now, Taylor. I gotta this, say something. Isn't it the same skit over and over again? Yeah. A I very mean, small change to the premise? Yeah, I thought... Yeah, because he pitched... Like, in interviews he's talked about, he pitched it. It's like every all these everyday... Uh, little tips you get in with people and it's the person who always makes the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, he's never us. He's never saying no apologies. The, the opening skit of with him the door. Being like, no, door. I was here yesterday yeah. and, it pulls. and I pulled it so it's fine. But that is the whole show, right? The whole show is yes. he's obviously wrong about what way the door pulls and he would rather pull it off its fucking hinges. But, but I do feel like that's, but each thing is a different aspect of yeah. that and th- and that's sort of like sa- like to knock it for that it's sort of like saying um all comedy is uh an incongruous situation that that doesn't quite make sense to realize <laughs> no, I, I, was, I wasn't knocking it for that reason. right i think that's part of the genius of the show is that it does the same skit yes. like 14 times in a row and it's funny every single and time what i'm saying is that it is brilliant and it's definitely one of the eight best comedies of the year but i just think compared to what the other show is capable of and what it showed I think it falls short. Isn't that just it getting kneecapped though for being a sketch comedy? Absolutely not. No. No. You think? Do you think there's it, a sketch comedy that wouldn't have the problem of like character development, as you said? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that if this was um, a black lady sketch show uh-huh. on here instead, which did not even make the top sixteen, that would be totally different. But Ryan, They're, not our fault. That was because <laughs> that's the other. That was because of racism. That was critics. Remember, that was racist critics and sexism. We're intersectional here. But in that show, we. we all skit shows will have a poor batting average, right? Yeah. I think that they almost all will hit under 500, but we had so much stuff, so much more dynamic stuff in that show. And then also, we got the gift of character development with checking in with the ladies post apocalypse <laughs> in every episode. I think that could move on. I'm just, I don't know about this one. Well, 
I think that's crazy. Yeah, I think that's a stupid opinion to have. <laughs> I, I respect that you gave it, and I appreciate that, but you're a dumb person with dumb you ideas. You used complete sentences, which I was like, wow, that's great. But everything you said was nonsensical, and so I was like, wow, right, that's every- stupid. So does Cassie no longer have to start off as a dumb person? Is that now Ryan's? <laughs> I, pass it on. I think Chris. we trade off every round. <laughs> Well, we are nothing if not a show that has opinions, and now it is time to render our final opinion. So, Ryan, I feel like you kind of let the cat right out of the dang old bag, so I'm going to start with you. What do you think should move on? I think you should leave or the other two? I think you should leave. You do- okay. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> ultimately, and like uh, Taylor said uh, in the last matchup, maybe Better Things has had a good run. Uh-huh. I, I, I think that is might be the case for this show, you know, but I do think the other two is great and needed someone to talk about it, but... I, th- I think we can. We have one last chance as friends to launch our favorite friend show into the <laughs> friendosphere. <laughs> Cassie, what do you think as a dumb person? As a dumb person, yeah. I think you should leave. All right, very good. Mike? Uh, as an average person. Uh, I agree with what Ryan was saying, but I think the the batting, the the hits in I Think You Should Leave are so fucking strong that that propels it forward. Does it have a bad batting average? I no, can't wait to absolutely get to not. That. We're going to get into that next round. Nobody say anything, books. Uh, when I first like looked at this bracket, I had only seen the other two, and I thought my vote was going to go very differently, but it's I Think You Should Leave. All right, very good. I Think You Should Leave. Yeah, okay, I definitely will, but not before I tell you that I Think You Should Leave is moving on. When we come back, our next matchup. We are back with our next matchup, the number two overall seed, Russian Doll, versus the number 10 seed, Rami. What if we made the whole show out of the Groundhog Day episode, asks Russian Doll, as we see our sweet birthday baby live the same day over and over until she learns to open herself up to other people. Rami asks, what if A24, the production company behind countless amazing movies, made a TV show about the Muslim American experience that was so good you almost felt bad just calling it a comedy? Books, which of these two made more of an impact on you, the high-concept Russian doll or the down-to-earth Rami? That's just a, a shit question, Greg. All right. <laughs> You're wonderful. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. There's and no, I refuse to answer. I refuse to answer. <laughs> Coming in hot. They, I guess the question is meant to emphasize that they are very different in one key way, which is that one is a very naturalistic mm-hmm. show in Rami, and the other very high concept. Not many people have the experience of a Russian doll situation. Not many. A few. So few select people. Do you feel like along that axis, there's anything that like makes you lean towards one or the other? There are aspects of one of the shows, which I'll get to later, that I do, I think, had a bigger impact on like reflection. Uh-huh. But it's... Like, I think Rami's doing incredible things. Yeah. And so I just revealed it. <laughs> so uh, you like Russian Doll and you're going to vote for Russian Doll? Russian Doll, I think, is, is more impactful in a kind of... I don't know. It's it's just different. Experience, maybe? Yeah. The experience, the experience of watching Russian Doll as it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could see that. Anybody else? Like, be, I guess part of what I'm getting at with the question is it feels like Rami has an advantage here because it's so real. It's, it's like... It's not just that it's so real. It's like probably our most grounded show on this list. Uh-huh. Like he's just a normal dude. It's also that like without being preachy or very dramatic comedy, it's like the biggest capital I important of our uh-huh. shows. It's crazy that it's this far after 9-11 we finally got this show, but maybe it's not because we're a terrible country. So it took this long <laughs> to be like, that's a normal funny dude. I want to see his life. Uh, the way they recontextualize everything is mind blowing while remaining uh-huh. super fucking funny. Yeah, I think it actually is at a disadvantage just because... Like we've gotten the the 2010s were all about comedian has slice of life funny ish show about sort of what their life is like you know uh-huh. and now Rami is like the 20th person to do that 
And when you go into a show like this, you're just saying, like, all right, how is it going to be different? What slightly different angle are you yeah. going to be giving me that is different than, like, I, I mean, I don't know what else to call it, but the Louis paradigm, uh-huh. you know? And his religion is a big part of it, but also he is such a big part of it. He is so – he's not in your face. He's not, like, a big and belligerent comedian, but he's so effortlessly charming throughout yeah. whatever happens – that it's such an it's it helps all of like the dramatic pills and white guilt like it's so much easier to swallow. Uh huh. Yeah, he does a lot with expression and with reaction, and it it, it it is a very subtle performance. What I liked about it was it in in a way it takes us to a place that I was not familiar with, which is like I don't really know what it's like to be a New York based New Jersey based Muslim American. Don't and, and, sell yourself yeah. short. Uh, you can do it. But in the same way that another A24 film, if I'm correct, Ryan, Fair- The Farewell, mm-hmm. uh, it, by showing that experience, that is the quintessential like American story. I have this other culture that I also feel very close to, but I'm trying, you know, I'm just an American kid, but I'm trying to figure out which of the two worlds I want to have a foot in and which I really want to belong to and both kind of like have some pluses and some minuses. I feel like that story, as it shows us something new that we maybe haven't seen before, at the same time, it's just that same tale that we tell over and over mm-hmm. again which endeared me to it because that is so true you know we all exist somewhere in between these cultures and their ideals and we'll never really be a part of any one of them i think like that's what's really good about it is it's showing this new perspective and everything but it's also like if you take that out of it it's still just a very good comedy with very strong characters yeah for sure USA, we got characters but they all <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out usa <laughs> like, in the show about the muslim in 9-11 usa <laughs> usa <laughs> Royal pains, royal pains. <laughs> and that was part of like one of the things that like I held against it for a while is that we were just following just Rami, but uh-huh. then like I, like what a couple more episodes like we started like a whole episode was from the sisters. The sister yeah. is awesome. Mom, I love the sister, and I was like, well, now I got nothing against the show. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. <laughs> the one thing I had against it is that he wrote himself to be like an angel who had a disabled friend. Uh-huh. They've been best friends their entire life. Mm. Yeah. So that's not the. I I want to tell you, Greg. Speaking of a twenty four. Um, Andy Greenwald is a TV critic, movie critic. Oh uh, yeah, he is. He uh, <laughs> shout out Andy Greenwald. Mike uh, is familiar with him because Mike asked him to be on a pot filter podcast, and he did not respond at all. <laughs> no he matter how many times no. I tweeted, um, <laughs> get us our no, brother. We deserve that. The other day, I heard that on a podcast, he said, I think Midsummer, Midsummer got brought up, and he said, "Oh, yet another A twenty four horror movie that uh, I won't watch." But of course, read the entire Wikipedia <laughs> and talk about. Somebody's on your corner, bro. I know, dude. No, he just reads about horror movies on Wikipedia. That's Get on Andy's corner, write a book about mid-90s to early 2000s emo, and say, what, Andy? I can do it, too. What? <laughs> also, he's a showrunner of a show on USA. USA! 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 Which is what Muslims in New Jersey cheered as the towers came down. Uh, we are big Natasha Leone bros around here. Do you know that's not super common? What? Since, since this show came out, I found out that a lot of people have an issue with just her whole... What? Her okay. whole amazingness? Let, her let, whole 90-year-old brilliance? But I'm a cheerleader. This, this culture fucking hates women, so that's not oh, surprising. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, like, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. So anytime you hear that there's like a big, prominent woman and a whole bunch of people fucking hate her, yeah, it's because she's a woman. I will say this, though, about that right now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could athlete. see. I, I've always loved her persona, but I can see how like you can make a case that her orange is the new black character is not that much different than the girl uh-huh. who went to American Pie High School. Uh-huh. Russian Doll is 
she's still in the persona. She's yeah. still Natasha Leggero. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you got it. Got it in one. Uh, but this is the best acting I have ever Hell seen yeah, from dude. her yeah. ever. She fucking rules in this. this is, a, it, is it crazy to say this is the best she's been in anything? No. Because she was no. in Beverly Hillbillies, but, but I'm yeah, a cheerleader. That's what I, I love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't, I don't know if it was going just like into the deep end to say that, but she's so good in this, and there's a lot of range mm-hmm. in this because she's like a very desperate person when it starts. I, th- I think this is hard, high concept or not, or, or introspective. And it's not a monolith to be a Muslim American. It's these are the two most subtle performances because they're both people who yeah. are constantly fronting mm-hmm. and putting on a persona in the world of their show. And when you see the cracks, it's not giant gushing cracks. It's very little. Reactions to things that fucking <laughs> breaks your heart. Phrase. Can we get sound on giant, giant gushing cracks, <laughs> everybody? And uh, I do have to say, I really did while I was watching it enjoy the conceit of if, if you're going to do Groundhog Day, you got to do something else, right? So the disappearing people, that was oh. rad. And it there were moments during this show where you guys, I was spooked, and I was like, mm-hmm. should I be just reading about this on Wikipedia? <laughs> right? Oh. This might be a little too much. Roll Gregster here. But then also on the flip side, which I think was mostly done by Legends DC's Legends of Tomorrow. On the CW, and then uh, finished off with Russian Doll. It's now a trope. Like it's there's you're not stealing from Groundhog Day anymore. Yeah. You're taking a classic American trope and putting a spin right. on it. You know, even though and it's a from happy the Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> Thanks, bud. And uh, <laughs> but and yeah, so now you're taking it, but you're tweaking it, right? Right. And the way they treated disappearing people, but also there's another dude in the loop with you, right? When they yeah. introduced other dude, very surprised. <laughs> JJ. Yeah, dude. A lot of surprise there because that's the last thing you expect, and they like see each other and recognize each other man this is a good show anybody else have anything else they want to say about it before we start voting it off the island i think that i did a really good job as a smart person as resident smart person of trying to find all of the like the blips and the bloops as far as like time travel goes trying to like find that loud gushing crack Uh Uh, and i could not i think that they handled their shit well yeah all right well we have moved into the voting round mike i'm going to start with you which do you think should move on I think this is the hardest battle so far, and it will not get easier from here on. Today, my answer could be different tomorrow. Today, my answer is Russian Doll. All right. Russian Doll, Cassie? Uh, I'm going to go with Rami. All right. McKenna? It, uh, I, this is the hardest for me as well, but it, it's Russian Doll. Ooh, Taylor? I refuse to vote. Taylor abstains from voting. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein over there. Voting present here. No, no, don't yeah, do that. Go fuck a kid instead uh, of voting like a real adult. No, guys, come guys, on. Let's not get no, political. Let's, let's not. not get political, guys. Come on. Let's, let's keep it clean. Ryan? Uh, I was hoping you, you would not call on if me. If you say Russian doll right now, if, if you don't, if we got we to gotta tie, and then I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to Mike Pence this bitch. But if you say Russian doll right now, it's over. And my heart is broken into a thousand pieces, Ryan. My best friend, my buddy, my Steve. Just because you don't get to vote? Uh, I won't. No, because I. Because I'm going to be vote? super sad if Rami doesn't move on. I like. I do think that Rami did a really good job. Oh no! Do you already know? Great, great, <laughs> buddy. I'm so sorry. Of uh, reinvigorating the comedian slice of life genre, but Russian Doll's high concept was so perfectly handled, and Natasha Leggero was not in the show, which is my favorite thing. So it's Russian Doll. Oh, Rami a river. Rami washes out. <laughs> oh, Frick. man. I'm very surprised. And my heart is a little bit broken. Uh, this would have been a big upset, though. This would have been 10 beating 2. I thought it was going to happen, but we like chalk around these parts. Well, Kiros. the 13th seat I think you should leave is going to take the whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's so it doesn't matter. That's very true. Spoilers, Ryan. Sorry. All right. But I've already recorded the rest of the show, yeah. and it wins. <laughs> 
When we come back, we're going to get to the last matchup of this first round of this podcast of comedies of 2019. All right, last matchup, everybody. It's number three, Barry, versus number six seed, Pen15, which is confusing because it's got a number in it, but <laughs> keep the faith, guys. Uh, that classic question, what is harder, being a hitman with PTSD from your time in a war on the run from your past, including your recently killing the cop who was investigating you and also happened to be dating your mentor at the theater where you were struggling to pursue your dreams of acting, or being a middle school girl? Cassie, which is harder? Middle school girl. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the show makes a pretty convincing case that there is nothing quite like the nightmare of being a girl in middle school. Guys, it's so it's hard. It's terrible. Which what's great about the show is because like, you get it a lot from the like male perspective. You get to see like, guys going through these awkward stages. Yeah. And then to see like two girls, so you're just like, oh man, you're immediately thrown back there and you're like, I don't Ugh. know. But like when we get the unfathomable pain of being known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we get it from the male perspective, we get it written by much older males who are writing their de- dream perspective of what it should have been. Uh-huh. This is girls who are like, this is literally what it fucking was, guys. I'm yeah, not, not like It hurts. It, this was a comedy that was painful. <laughs> this is yeah. fucking hard to watch. Yeah. This is harder to watch than like movies with torture in them. My, my wife I just watched her like cringe bye bye, bye and like bye. sort of uh, yes, good guys, Borat. <laughs> I hope for Austin Powers soon. Uh, Shagadelic. She like she Shagadelic, like would cover her five. balls so she didn't get kicked in the balls more by this uh. show. Uh, I loved it because they both acted like me and Mike do now. So <laughs> I, just, I thought it was great. But we she, never have to grow up. Now we're seen on TV finally. <laughs> the adult women playing the middle school girls, I think, makes it even yeah. worse because they're yes. so good at really articulating. And the y- awkward pain. But between this show and Florence Pugh and Little Women, adults <laughs> should play children yeah. more. And, and, you guys and we get should all owe to Amy Sedaris. Yes, yes definitely. Um, I do. Do you guys feel bad? Do you guys think the thing that I think, which is Anna Conkle, they're both great, but Maya Erskine is like two oh, or yeah. four levels above everyone else on TV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She She's destroys. Very and she was also on Rami. Really? Yeah, was she in the first episode? It's been a while. Anna it's been was. A while. <laughs> uh, she, Anna was the, in Rami. Oh, the other one. Yeah, My, Maya was. Maya Erskine was in Plus One. She was in the she was, movie. She was in Wine Country. The, <laughs> that movie that yeah. she debated. This is like a, a who, who's great. who of shows I have heard of. Yeah. For, for the for the women in the room, I have to ask: What episode or cringe-inducing moment did you most uh, relate to there? Was it stealing somebody's panties and? Drenching them in water and pouring them all over your face? That was the difference between, like, my experience and theirs, is they were way more confident. Like, when they shouldn't be, like, they had <laughs> confidence that, like, yeah. I never, like, possessed. So, like, they got in more situations, but it's still, like, you still have the awkward, like, cringeworthy moments of you just trying, like, you're just trying to become a person. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, my trying to become a person was still staying silent in the corner. Yeah. And they initiated, which just always backfired, and it just made me grateful that I stayed in the corner. Yeah. Because it was going to backfire. You saw, like, how much worse it could be. It could like, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Plus, Cassie grew up in Riverside, so her awkward moments were, like, her friend could throw a brick farther than her. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Walking on your friend cooking. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the moment from Pin 15 that hit me the hardest was Thank the, you, Taylor, finally. The, the AIM episode? Because uh, even though I wasn't a girl, I do distinctly remember um, catfishing people in Final Fantasy XI with my friends on the oh PlayStation 2. Oh, yeah. And, oh then, and then the person being like, uh, what are you wearing? And they were like, oh, shit, what do we do? Oh, no. Uh, nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was like, nothing. F-18 California. <laughs> in that movie, Plus One, with Maya Erskine and 
Randy Quaid's son, like the romantic comedy. Uh, Anna Conkle's in one scene and goes up to Maya Erskine and they're like enemies. And that was the most heartbreaking moment of my year. <laughs> like, you guys are supposed to be best friends. This is awful for me. You always have to be together forever. Does anybody like hold it against Pen15 that it, it is like so awkward and terrible to watch it? No. Or is that like a vote in no. favor of it? I mean, like it's a, they're, they're making me go through all the emotions they intended, right? Yeah. So even though they're awful for me, yeah. it was their point. Yeah, yeah it's well, saying, God damn it, we lived through this. Can't you handle it for a little bit? In the way, like the best episodes of The Office did that for adults, but because childhood's so much more raw and dumb, and as Cassie said, we're trying to figure out, it, it hurts so much more than the dinner party episode of The Office to watch them <laughs> not know how to navigate any sort of life. Also, and well, if for a second they let up on that, it would uh-huh. suddenly become inauthentic. If for a yeah. second they let right. them have control over their lives, now it's no longer true to what it's trying to present. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just the painful moments for them. What was most painful for me is like there's an episode where they are the two of them get into one big t-shirt and walk around <laughs> and, and think it's the single most brilliant level of comedy, nev- like not realizing that in a couple of years, it's how embarrassing that is. Uh-huh. And I just like flash through every stupid yeah. thing I'd ever done. <laughs> yep. Oh man. And there's generally pictures. Yeah. There's generally pictures. <laughs> pictures. Some of them moving. Okay. Well, Barry also deals with social awkwardness, yeah. but it's interspersed with a lot of gunplay and the guy that plays Victor's ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, it's me, Noho Hank. <laughs> I really, really liked season two of Barry. Did anybody feel like it fell off after the first season? No. Oh, no. no. It got better. Yeah. got better, maybe? Yeah. yeah. It, it, so many Crit- people who were Crystal. kind of caricatures in season one, you uh-huh. got to see them more human. Uh, Barry's girlfriend ha- is a much more fully fleshed out human being than in season one. She's just a Hollywood yeah. shithead. Uh-huh. So many people talk about the... We talked about it in Century of the Karate Year. Karate Girl? Karate Girl. Yes. but And it's but. memorable. Pen15 didn't have no karate girl. No. But the, I think the moment, like Mike's talking about, is Sally, the yes. girlfriend's name. Uh, she's trying to do this monologue at the end and just comes to uh-huh. terms with all of the shit she's been going through for the past two years uh-huh. and how she didn't get like Emmys thrown at her. How, like, this is a really hard character to play. Uh-huh. And that, I mean, that like sort of outdid karate girl. Yeah. yeah. And that is an extremely good moment where like she's wrestling with the fact that she is not the strong person that she's presented herself as uh-huh. and, and but like wanting to be very authentic and then caving to that and then having all of the accolades and love thrown at her yeah oh uh, boy the first season which i fought to win the whole bracket i think the good place beat barry uh was great but watching the second season i realized that the first season paid too much attention it's just not that type of show to the mystery and the suspense and like yeah. is barry gonna get caught this it, he's not. We know he's not. It's yeah. called fucking Barry. But uh-huh. this season they like sort of relaxed with that, and it's so much better for it. Yeah, the the in the in the finale of the show, she's like, "All right, well, I guess I'm gonna turn myself in now." Phil Hader. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Real sorry about shooting everybody. Gosh, I feel just terrible. Uh, Barry will forever be for me the show where. Uh, I will, with my wife, watch Bill Hader like murder seven people and then have her go, oh, God, that's so hot. And then <laughs> we'll both just look at each other like, yeah, we don't know what to do with that. Yep. We're just going to mosey hunt down the road yeah. from that experience. And she's picking, him over, he, she's picking him over Stephen Root? Stephen yeah, Root dude. is right there. Yeah, yeah. You know I root for Root. But, yeah, you do. Uh, she loves Hader. Barry is so fucking good, you guys. So good. And it's... 
fun. It's, I mean, it's a show yeah. that is like about the consequences of killing people, and then yet at the same time seems to make it fun when people get killed. It, yeah. you, you walk away and from some episodes being like, where do I land the, on this? The funniest thing that this show, I think, could possibly do is have that woman who is like a, a British woman just be like, everyone else is giving their trauma, and she is like, one time I saw a horse. And yeah. like, no one else. She's like, no, you guys don't understand. I lived in London. You don't see a lot of horses. <laughs> and then like, when they do the full presentation and it just cuts back yeah. to the theater and she's yelling at the audience trying to explain yeah. why it's a big deal. <laughs> you don't see many horses. That is such a funny fucking idea. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time to call for a vote. So what's it going to be, everybody? Barry or Pen15, which we didn't we didn't touch on this, but if you look at that, that kind of looks like it says penis. What? So, Taylor, it says what Barry. do you like, Barry or the penis? I do, okay, well, listen. You I'm have not, Barry and the penis. <laughs> Ew. Uh, I love both of those things, but I am going <laughs> to choose Barry. All right. McKenna, a.k.a. Books? Yeah, it's Barry. Mike? Pen15. Oh, caliente. Cassie? <laughs> Was that Barry or the penis? <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> it's the penis for sure. <laughs> it's Shut a spicy penis. A penis. Yeah. For me, not the penis. Uh, I'm going with Barry. Barry, all right. Ryan, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, but you it's can't Barry. Stop fate now. All right. Congratulations, Barry. Moving on. When we come back, we're into the next round. Things are going to get serious, things are going to get painful. And it's all going to be recorded for you. All right, we are into the next round, and guys, it only gets tougher from here. We have number one overall seed, Fleabag, versus number 13 overall seed, I Think You Should Leave. What are we going to do? This our, would be a major upset. Our final four has the first seed, second seed, third seed, and 13th seed, I think uh-huh. you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> Something is right up our butts. <laughs> Guess which one it is. But Fleabag, again, the biggest comedy show of 2019 especially if you are on twitter yes. and love looking at tweets but also if you're on okay, twitter and love looking at tweets yeah i yeah. think you should leave possibly second or first biggest show like of the year. in the show in fleabag um fleabag and the hot priest drink canned gin and tonics but when they open them, at no point were they like, oh, this is stinky. Yeah. Is this gin and tonic stinky? So, it doesn't stink, hot priest. You're just choking <laughs> on the nachos that I was forced to share with you. Ah, I hope somebody didn't hit my car. <laughs> I, so, Ryan, you were bringing up, I think you should leave. Something I wanted to talk about was we the, the batting average was sort of talked about a couple times. I would say on I think you should leave, batting average is like... As as high as any other sketch comedy show ever, maybe. I, that's possible. I would say and like yeah, 900. I would, still, I would still say below 500. What? Below 500? Fuck off. So you think more than half the skits on this, like what, are not funny, or you wish they didn't exist, or you think they should leave? Or you're a dump figure ad idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call me? Uh, how, about mo- <laughs> how about motorcycle guy? Not good. That's a bad one. Oh, that's no. A, that is, that's a straight up bad one. Hey, motorcycle. motorcycle. <laughs> and then he goes up and he's like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> They got motorcycles. And then it ends in space, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. But two motorcycles with a house, with a house in between. And when yeah. they go buck wild over the baby stroller? Yeah. Come on. Let me give you two examples, okay? But I think there are many more. Okay, of, tread softly in my courtroom. Okay. Of uh, skits that have lots of laughs but ultimately don't work as a whole. Okay. Okay? The first one is, uh, hey, can you lie to everybody at this party about why we're late? 
and he ends up shoving a guy yeah. through. A no, it's great. No, you're crazy. No, they're just like <laughs> not. No, There's like not even they're, people. They're not, <laughs> like they're not even supposed to be in the area. <laughs> but it's fine. Don't worry. It's too fine. <laughs> this is not getting the reaction I thought of a bad skit. Hey, and it's hey, if, bad. You keep, <laughs> if you keep talking about the hit and run, I'm gonna have to embarrass you. <laughs> I, I really like that guy too. That was like a handsome guy I would like at a party. Yeah. The guy he goes against. But he just puts his hand in a dip. But it doesn't, it's just, it's Tim Robinson's character front forward and not uh, enough thought put into it. And the other one is uh, the honk of your horny skit. Get no, out of here! No. Get out of work. here! Get out of here! That's the one that has the Friday night song, which you have to it's sing Friday every Friday night. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking that we just might. Run away Sugarfoot. Yeah, no. And when the guy shows up, he's like, I don't know. I thought that you were a guy who had like support for guys that are so horny that their stomach hurts. <laughs> and then he does, right? He does. And he does. <laughs> Ryan, did you forget that you're in a room with a bunch of fucking Tim Robinsons? <laughs> I think I, I should leave. I would say there is only one skit which is not totally hilarious, and it's that one where he, the very first one, where he tries to open up the door at the coffee shop. That's, that's funny. That, that's a bummer skit, but no. but that's not that hilarious. Is, it's I think it's great that they open the show with yeah, the weakest great one because it is it is it's an introduction. It's like this is what you're going to see from here on out. But from that point, if this makes you uncomfortable, yeah. turn oh, this God, TV yeah. off. But from that point forward. Like, because the next one is Turbo Team. Yes. With the <laughs> tiny toilet. It's like, From time. that point forward, there is nothing that is not. I've got another one that has jokes, and it's funny, but does not right, work bro. on right, as bro. a whole. All right, bro. Uh, the one where the game show with the mascot. Come on. Fuck it off. Does, it's so not. It just doesn't off. work. It doesn't work. <laughs> What's your thing? <laughs> What's your thing? You, got, you can't break the guy's laptop. <laughs> you had all summer. <laughs> all right, dump it. <laughs> oh, shit. We have never once talked about this show on air without just yeah. devolving into <laughs> There's been no conversation. What, yeah, the Chris Farley is, show. Is, is that uh, a mark against it? Because it, uh, analyzing <laughs> sketch is hard, so let's just scream quotes at each other. Does that say, like, it, what, what's the meat there? Did you go to high the, school or college with me? <laughs> I, that's, that's what my entire I, life I, was. The meat there is that it's very funny to have a game show where people haven't thought it through, and that's, <laughs> why, I, that's why I watched The Masked Singer. <laughs> and let me counter that with pointing out this one thing, which is there's an episode that starts with an accident with a hot dog car. <laughs> and then a bunch of people are standing around and who is the driver? And one of the guys is dressed like a fucking hot dog. This is a good <laughs> counterpoint, Mike. That was a good counterpoint. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget. Well, that is the meat there is the hot dog but, now, but then it goes on to where he just names a bunch of porn sites and, re- <laughs> and really wants to get spanked on his bare bottom. <laughs> spanked on my bare bottom? That episode. <laughs> Uh, so like I do think it's below 500, but that episode's the single greatest because that episode has stinky water choking. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, Santa and and Rudolph, uh-huh. and then uh, bones are their money back to back to back oh, in that shit. episode. That's that's great. a murderer's row. Okay, we do have to decide what is the the funniest skit. Is it Santa and his? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's I, it's either Santa or bones are their money or the the car <laughs> focus group. Yeah, it's very strong. It's so good. Yeah, I think I, I think for me personally, it's, it's bones. The car focus group kind of freaks me out because I don't know that actor. Yeah, but the me whole neither. the skit really felt more like I'm making fun of this crazy old person. Yeah, more than like I wrote a good skit. No, oh come on. No, it immediate. It very quickly turns from. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it quickly turns from making fun of this old person to. 
everyone in the room is on the old person yeah. side, and we're making fun of this Just normal go off, dude. Man. That's where a lot of these skits are like, most skits rely on like the odd man out, but uh-huh. like half of these, the odd man out, it starts with the odd man out, and then everybody and then turns following. on it, and it's yeah. like, no, the odd man out no. is a reasonable one. Because he landed the bottle flipping, you flinch, you have to marry your mother-in-law, and everyone in the room is on board with that. Okay. Oh, wait, I have one more bad one, okay? This, this one's super true okay. to life, I've been okay. here, but... Uh, the one where the guy wants to be on board with everybody pulling up videos and then makes his own clown, like crazy clown okay. video. You okay. know what? That, that one doesn't work that That's well. That's a bad skit. Yeah. That's a bad skit. Yeah. I'll give you that That's one. That's why it's 900 and not not 1,000. Ah, uh, what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> okay, but all that stuff, all that stuff we just said, as a piece of art, is it superior to Fleabag? It's, okay, this is where I get into, I think Fleabag might be like a... Be- it, it's shooting for higher, but I enjoyed one of these more. And how much does that come into a play? A lot. I mean, you know, we all have our own criteria, right? And we, 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 but, we decide based on that. But do you enjoy one of them more because it's technically more enjoyable to watch? And the other one makes you like more uncomfortable with the like things it's making you think of? Because that <sighs> doesn't get it more points. I mean, going, I, going by your logic, Taylor, if I saw one video of one person hitting a plate of nachos out of another person's hands, that's the number one form of art of all time. Because uh, that's the most fact, enjoyable thing I've ever seen. Football to the groin had a football Here's to the Here's groin. what I'll say. A thing that we very frequently on this show talk about when we're deciding the thing is what did we think about the most after we watched it? Yeah. And even though I think about them in slightly different ways, I do think about the things that I think you should leave does and the very clever way it does them more than I think about what Fleabag's But doing. now let's analyze what think about means because I think about Patty... Uh, Party Hardison's like eye twitch uh-huh. when sometimes she gets upset. Probably <laughs> more than I think about Fleabag. But when I'm thinking about Fleabag, I'm thinking about like the human condition and yeah. what anxiety means and what it means to be depressed and get over depression. And what is it like? What did it mean for these two seasons where she was looking at the camera and what she summed up at the end and what it's like to only be in love with people that you can't have? Those two different things of thinking about but are different. When I think about I think you should leave, I think about what it means to exist in a society in and among other people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I'm about- I'm going to put your hand in the dip. <laughs> <laughs> and how people, like, you run into every day yes. people just as crazy as the craziest parts of these skits. Yes. Every and- day. Yes, every single day. And anytime I encounter one of those people on the street now, which is a lot, uh-huh. I think you about this. You live in sh- L.A. I live in L.A. I think about this show. Like, I, I watched a dude th- just yesterday just walk down the street, look at a can that was resting on a thing, and just go, nah, and knock it out of the, <laughs> and, and knock it off the thing onto the ground. That wins. And, that wins. And, and that is an I think you should leave thing that I think about. And at this point in 2020, LA is mostly hot dog cars, right? It's like, that's all what you're hot dog with. cars. Does anybody else feel like this is as absolutely as hard as it gets? Like this is no, as, no, not at all. I, no, yeah, I don't. I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then I think I know which way this is going. Let's call for a vote, Taylor. What's it going to be? I think you should leave. All right, I think I will. McKenna? It's Fleabag. Mike? Uh, I do think that both of these protagonists, Phoebe Waller-Bridges and the Tim Robinson, are dealing, like, the world is crazy. They just deal with the crazy world in very different ways. One is by getting louder and crazier, because fuck you, I'll outdo you. And the other just, like, looks at nothing and, like, pretends there's an audience, which I relate to a lot, which is also pretty crazy. (laughs) Uh, But it's Fleabag. All right, Cassie? I'm starting to panic now, so I got to say, like, it's I think you should leave because like when I'm going to put a comedy, when somebody asks like I want a comedy reference, I'm not going to say like Fleabag is a great show. No, that's your comedy reference. Yeah. <laughs> Fleabag is a great show. <laughs> great show. 
But no, like for comedy, I'm going. I think you should leave. Yes. All right, yes. so tied up, Ryan. Tied I do up. believe it all comes down to Ryan. you, my friend. Ryan, baby, don't let me down. Ryan. Don't it's let me down. Ryan. It's a hundred million billion percent fleabag. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. I I, I almost voted read. for the other two over the other one. You, yeah, you could. <laughs> I think you could read the tea leaves there, but that was very close, and I think it is only right that it was so close. When we come back, we're getting to our next matchup. The second and last matchup of this round is the number two seed Russian Doll versus the number three seed Barry. So these are the very top of the seeding. But what is going to move on, Ryan? You don't have to vote right now, but what do you think? I like this is high concept versus second season of high concept uh-huh. where they lowered the concept a little bit. Let's um, get turned down the concept. I don't know which one <laughs> I, that helps more. Also, we. I like, think I disagree that they lowered the concept. I think they just changed what the concept is. I think that they shifted more away, further away from is he going to get caught, and more towards is he a good person. Yeah. Okay, and, that's and, fine. And I feel like it is being more reflective and like conceptual in. And that this makes season. sense too, right? But because I still he, think that's low concept. Like uh, mm-hmm. better things and Rami, those are also about are they a good person? I th- I, th- I think that. Uh, the whole assassin on the run—that's that's the high the concept. concept part of it. Right. Yeah, and, and it's not like they have put to bed forever. The will he get caught is the yeah. other thing because they, at the end of this season, it's like they're strong. You know, you see them getting on his trail again. But it was something they earned for the second season was getting him a little downtime because he killed yeah. the person that mm-hmm. that knew he was a bad guy. And so. this will for sure be a show that uh, they cancel, like the. The people behind it canceled yeah. before HBO, and we will be bummed. Yeah. Whereas Russian Doll got picked up for a second season, and I was kind of bummed about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want a second right. season. That's become the new thing, right? Like shows you really like. Remember when you heard that Watchmen wasn't getting a second season, and you were like, I was thank like, thank God. God. Yeah, cool. yes. Thank Good. fucking God. I didn't want to watch a single bad episode of Watchmen. Ever. I'm just Regina King, like trying to swim. Like, yeah. I, I got to get out of this pool. <laughs> oh, no. I can kind of stand on the water, but I'm just sinking slower. <laughs> it's like jello to me. <laughs> but we have. We have. And all critics have this affinity for new. And Russian Doll's first season, I think, does put it at an advantage, you know? Barry had a chance to fight last year. Now is it Russian Doll's time. But, okay, let's go to Taylor's thing that he talked about in the last round, which was, uh, like, what lasted with you? Because I really enjoyed Russian Doll the whole time I was watching it, and then I was done watching it, and I was like, all right, done with that. Except Barry. for Sweet Birthday Baby. Except for Sweet Birthday Baby. Sweet Birthday Baby. Sweet Birthday Which baby. is my wife's birthday in just a couple of days, so of course I'm going to be saying that until she cries. Um, but <laughs> of, oh wait, of happiness or sadness? <laughs> of just like, please stop, God. Uh, but Barry stuck with me week in, week out, and like right now I'm so excited about the prospect of more Barry. And like you said, yeah. not at all excited, well, or very limitedly excited about the prospect of Russian Doll Season 2. But isn't that because Russian Doll was so, like, projecting how excited we are for the next season, I don't think is a good litmus on the last season because it's, we've all decided Russian Doll season one was so perfect, it doesn't need Yeah, but it's well, more than just that. It's also the fact that, like, it didn't have much of a lasting impact on me. For like, me, I'm not excited to revisit yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to live more in that world. But, like, like I, I got what I needed out of it. The that. only thing I care about is who's making the decision. Like, Fleabag's first season was three years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, I'm done. Oh, no, wait, I have a new idea. And then she made a new one. Whereas with Russian Doll, it feels like that was successful. Netflix is going to drive a dump truck of money and then just come up with something. Right. That's going to be yeah. worse yeah. than yeah. if... Netflix is not a trustworthy no, company. That's true. They made October Faction, guys. Uh, October unless the people Faction. that I applied to a job there for are listening to this, in which case, Netflix, a great company. <laughs> You're definitely trustworthy. Are you going to be a watcher? 
<laughs> no. You know what? As much as I love TV, if they hired me to watch all Netflix stuff, I would quit. There's yeah. no yeah. way you're not going to do it. It's so <laughs> awful. Do it. Which black clad misanthrope do you think more wrestles with who they are and how they are in the world between Natasha Legere and Barry? I, I mean, I think. I think both of the actors do a very good job, but I think nothing in Russian Doll hit me as hard as the moment where Barry is retelling the story of the first time he killed a person uh-huh. and having watching the juxtaposition of the actors thinking that this is a very dark and somber moment. Yeah. And then all of the people celebrating and yeah. like it being a very happy moment in his memory. And that being like even way darker than. Yes. That <laughs> yeah. also it's a little unfair because we look uh Yonder to the the Hall of Fame that we have, Natasha Leone is not in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame, and fucking Bill Hader's right there. That's He's, true. I also think my my first instinct to Mike's question was to say that I think that the Russian doll character is closer to Natasha Leone than Barry is to Bill Hader. Uh huh. You don't think Bill Hader's killed a bunch of people? I, I, I dude, I think there is a truth to. I don't know. There's a coldness inside him that I think he taps for this character. Though. And if Bill Hader did kill a bunch of people, the cops would be like, shut it. Get out of here, bud. You're so handsome. You know, we love it. We love it. How much did, for you, McKenna, does it come into Curly Pride? We don't have, oh, a, lot of, we don't have a lot of Curly representatives. So left. satisfying yeah. to be represented. And she's holding it she, down for the Curlies. And it's so consistent. Yeah. Um, it, I do you think I'm swaying the opposite of the group Russian doll to me stayed with me and oh, yeah? I could not stop thinking about it and could not stop. What but element I, of it? Like what, what do you think had that stickiness? The curly think, hair. You already the curly it. hair. The curly exactly. Hair, uh, just, it gets on. Every- I think there's so many shows that try to grapple with, you can't fully accept what you're upset about Uh huh. and it misses a mark. But this show felt very, it balanced it so well that that unacceptance of like I'm grieving about this and uh-huh. I, I feel guilty about this. It it worked and it felt so real. And then still, um, I think earlier you had talked about the twists that Russian Doll keeps going up, and I uh-huh. think they were so necessary to keep the humor because her first death is shocking. Yeah. But the later deaths become so funny. Uh-huh. Like, they're just hilarious. Just and that's falling down holes. We have to get that twist. One time up. she just leaves her apartment and falls down the stairs. stairs. <laughs> it's like a two-second existence. It was so good. But so, like, that twist of having the people disappear, now that's the, like, yeah. you know, so part, and we can laugh at the deaths. And I think that was also just so cleverly done. Like, yeah. Typically, though, the twist is that it's, like, it's sort of like Christmas Carol, where... Which Groundhog Day and Scrooge. Let's compare those two movies. It's just you're a bad person, and then you realize how to be a good person. You're a bad person, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's how. Uh, you, once you realize how to be a good person, then the day will uh, or tomorrow will come. But with this, she was just like a 2019 normal lady, you know, in New York, and those are very different realizations. You yeah. know, it's not like oh, I need to give to the poor. I need to throw gooses at geese at the poor for Christmas. But it's just like, oh, I have to come to terms with my self-esteem and the people that I, uh, you know, have relationships with. And that that twist makes it so much more timely and interesting. Yeah, that it's just her lack of, like, connection to other people right. around her that mm-hmm. is doing her And not, going, not to go from, like, Doctor Doom to, like, a hero. And I have to say, I, I, I guess I personally am confronting the fact that now that I have encompassed Russian Doll by watching it all, in some way I am less blown away by the cleverness of all of it because I'm like, well, now I know what happens. But that was an extremely clever way to tell a story and to keep doing those twists and to keep injecting life into it. Yeah, if you can go back to not where you are now where you know everything, but in the middle of it, yeah. finding yeah. out what happens, that's, I, that's a crazy moment. I, ha- I have a question. Did everyone else watch it sort of all in one chunk? I think I did like two chunks. It yeah, was two three, three yeah. Okay, so I did like 
one a night for like two weeks. I I spent like two months on it, and I had to force myself to keep watching it. Oh, mm. bad. And and I, and I think maybe that maybe I just left too much time in between, and it wasn't hooking me in. I think that might be why I have less of a a positive view of it. Do than you other hate people. Groundhog Day episodes? Um, Legends I, of Tomorrow. I, I think I am generally ambivalent and especially good ones are good. Like I, okay. I didn't mind the Groundhog Day aspect that, of it. It had that for me that it had to work up against because because of my time on the Superhero Hour Hour, Legends is a good one. But yes. every one of the shows we watch does a, a Groundhog Day episode. They all have to about. do one. So now when I see one like developing, I'm like, I hate you. And so <laughs> you have to be really good, which this was, but they had to overcome that for me. So I think if it had taken me months, it would have been yeah. because I couldn't get over the Groundhog Day-ness. But it's also, if you do it over months, uh, and I, I generally don't like binging, but then you forget... All the clever little tricks, yeah, right. yeah. what they're twisting, what they're changing, what Who's they're repeating. missing. So this guy, this guy wearing the brown jacket that walks past you for one second, like sort of knocks his can over. And if you binge, that's important every episode. But if you don't, you sort of forget the importance of yeah. that, you know? right? Yeah, which sounds like you blew it. You yeah, fucked up, idiot. Sounds like did, you really blew did, it. Did I blew it, or should the show have just been more engaging on first watch? Oh. No, I don't think oh. it's. It's I think it was for everyone else. Important. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just watched it. I just watched it bad. It it's time to vote, people. We can't just keep putting it off. Ryan, what's it gonna be? Fuck. Uh, yeah, went right to you first. Shit. Uh, I'm gonna go with Barry. Wow, there it is. He didn't even know. He just wa- his mouth did it. It was weird. It was like <laughs> watching one of those movies where the guy's body fights without his like aid. That was so an, an upgrade or an upgrade, a, if you will, or or a venom. Or a tuxedo? Yeah. Some right. Tom Hardy or Tom Hardy look-alike movie. Yes. Cassie, what's it going to be? Uh, for me, it's Barry. All right. Mike? Russian all right, doll. two to one. Russian doll. Two oh, to two. Shit. Oh, T-Money, it's all up to you, bud. What's it going to be? It's it's Barry for me. Barry. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Russian doll. You didn't pull me in. I have to say, I think Russian doll didn't get a totally fair shake here. But I'm glad to see Barry is moving I, on. Russian Dolls will show that I wish that I liked more than I did. Which means that our last matchup is going to be Fleabag versus Barry. Guys, we can't get right into it. We have to take a short break. I want to get into it. We have to take a short Come break, on. Ryan. What did I just say about the I break? I don't want to get into it. It'll be short. We are back. And this place looks like an absolute abattoir. The blood of so many cut shows just sloshing around up to our ankles and only two remain for gladiatorial combat and it is the number one seed Fleabag versus the number three seed Barry all in all this ended up being pretty chalk one and three that's pretty high up there it's not chalk it's the definition of not chalk like one and two would be chalk well three came up there (laughs) shot from the bottom and rose all the way to the top so this feels like it's going to be pretty tough to pick the best comedy of 2019. Does anybody's gut immediately go one way or the other? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that this was a year where this show that we just recorded was all about getting to talk about all these TV shows that we loved. Mm -hmm. But really, there was one Forrest Gump who was going to take the ball and run straight to the end zone with almost no fight. And you're talking about 2019's comedy, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, yeah. yes. Yeah. I do think that it was the best TV show I we're, watched. We're, ta- we're talking about the uh, 2013 Frank Ocean song, Forrest Gump. This year I watched Forrest Gump in 19 10-minute uh, Quibi episodes <laughs> just to get myself ready for Quibi. And I loved it. It was so good. So I'm guessing you feel like Fleabag is just head and shoulders. I mean, it's. I think it's so weird to be that 
uh, like that much at the top of the canon, and then also so so good uh-huh. that like what are we gonna do here? Are we, are, do we want to be iconoclast? Is like is that the goal? Is that the only reason anybody would vote for Barry? Does anyone take issue with that? That it would just be iconoclastic? No, I mean that because it's not like it's a shitty show. We're not trying to be like Big Bang Theory. That would be iconoclastic. Big, big, bag, like, big theory. Bang Theory. <laughs> Man, that lady's got a big bag. <laughs> uh, but I think Barry. Have fun. Barry is a very good show. A uh, very, it, very good show. It's a very, very good show. Cristobal, <laughs> what are you doing? You break my heart. But this does to me feel like almost like a slam dunk. Barry was so good this season. I loved it. But it's, it just feels like this is a behemoth flea bag. It, yeah. it took over the, the it, it cultural also, landscape. It also feels like Barry is just kind of always going to be uh, an always the bridesmaid. It's gonna it's it's always going to like... We had the chance last year. Always attempted murder, never murder. Does it help flea bag, though, that it is a complete closure? Barry, yes. we are oh, still... Totally. Like, that's a huge yeah. thing that we like. Yeah. We have closed the door on Fleabag. Yeah. And we love the ending. She told us to go away, and we had yeah. to. We had yeah. no choice. We broke up with her, yeah. and we're okay with it. <laughs> but I think that that's so hard, and having a fourth wall breaking show, like that's not new. But to do what she did, and the, the first season it was all about getting used to that and what we don't see, and then the second season it's to really fuck with the unreliable narrator and have the hot priest start to notice what uh-huh. she's doing. <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, no, she's emotionally detaching. Yeah. Like, and then when God starts fucking with them and he try, they try to hook up, it's like, I don't know if I can believe anything that's happening or if this is what he feels like is happening. Maybe nothing fell down, but it's from her point of view, so she's just staring at him like he's crazy because we all have our ways of detaching, dealing with reality and not reality. Should priests just be able that- to smash? <laughs> oh, right? yeah, so they won't smash kids. <laughs> Mike, let me ask you a question. You, talk, you asked McKenna and Cassie if Pen15 resonated with them. Um, as far as Phoebe goes, uh, not in the second season of Fleabag, but in all the award shows since then, she's been wearing her hair up and uh, sort of uncovering that giant mole on her forehead. Do you feel represented with her? Like, is she now your go-to queen? Yes, I can finally stop wearing my hair emo style yeah. to cover my left <laughs> cheek and feel fine revealing it because now she's the, the the most recent pop culture touchstone. People are like, oh, you're going to wear that jumpsuit instead of going moly, 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 which they've done since goddamn Austin Powers 3, not even a good movie, you fucks. A lot of passion and a lot of, a lot of heart there. You know... I have to say, McKenna, something you said about how if it's ending, does that really that that resonates with me so much? It is so painful that the show is ending, but that pain I feel like binds me to it. But is a it a little bit? Is I it know a, I'm going to get to see Barry season three probably in a couple months. Is it a Return of the King? Even though this was the worst movie, we have to award it sort of feeling, or is it like they stuck the landing so wonderfully kind of thing? For me, yeah, I, I think th- season two was was very very good, and it was all about Catholicism. Bro, I'm a recovering Catholic, man. I know what that's all about. (laughs) I thought after season one, like it had ended well. But the fact that I think the impulse with a lot of shows is to deal with the same issues in a different way in the season, like the second and later seasons, um, they dealt with the same issues in a natural way. So the first season is all about her grief. And the second season feels very much about her guilt over not being as in grief. Uh-huh. And that's like that's natural right. human development, yeah. and it works. And so I don't think that it's like any criticism that it's ending. I think it has to end. Like when Sandra Bullock was on the bus, and uh, <laughs> the old lady exploded, but she thought yeah. she exploded, and then she was happy that the old lady exploded. Yeah, because she's still alive. That's exactly. hard to deal with. It's. I will have to say one knock against Fleabag is that as a British show, it doesn't address what it would be like to see a horse. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is. A lot of it's right in London. Where you wouldn't expect to see you a horse. You wouldn't expect to see a horse there. And as a British show, it's the only show from this week and next week's drama bracket where we actually be we, we get to say, like, oh, I wish I had more of that. Instead of, like, oh, my God, yeah. when will this show end? Now, only one of these shows has TV's Arthur Fonzarelli. Uh, Barry, of course, famously with the Winkler. That's a that's a future Pop Filter Hall of yes, Famer, right? That's Absolutely. a good one. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. that he's not there already. Yeah, Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, Scream. Yeah, he was the when he jumped uh, over the sharks. Park, Parks and Recreation. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. Man, Parks and Rec. <laughs> All right. I think what we're doing is trying I'm voting to for avoid Parks and our terrible responsibility, which is to elect one of these above the other. Taylor, what do you think it should be, Fleabag or Barry? And just before I make my vote, I'm not allowed to say Fleaberry. That's not a lot of. That's I not mean, a thing I can, can do. You can do whatever you want. That I'm is not. the worst tasting fruit of all time. Mmm, <laughs> fleaberry. It, it tastes just like. It, like it tastes just like a dick sock. Fleaberry. It uh, sucks. flea bag. Guys, fruit doesn't need taglines. No, dude, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I, no. Let's go around the horn. If, Every fruit needs a tagline. If you are trying to come out with a hot new fruit and it's yeah. called fleaberry, you're gonna need a tagline. Yeah. You're clearly gonna need one. Like durian. Sometimes trash is good. <laughs> All right, so what was your vote for again, Taylor? My vote was for Fleabag. That's one for Fleabag. McKenna? Uh, it's Fleabag. Fleabag. Mike? Fleabag. Fleabag. Cassie? Fleabag. Fleabag. Ryan? As the number one proponent on the planet yeah. of Barry, it is Fleabag. Yeah. it. I'm so glad. This was like, maybe this is the obvious answer, but it just, it is art beyond what many of these shows yeah. was able to pull off. Also, the motherfucking journey's not done. This is the one side of the bracket. Next week, we're going to do the drama side, and then whoever wins is going to face off against Fleabag That's for the true. number one TV show of the year. Oh. Do you guys think that if, uh, in the next couple of years, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, she sees, like, a rabbi with a little bit of ankle, <laughs> and she gets an idea, okay, I'm going to do season three, are we going to feel like we're a little upset? But Hot Priest was done, so this is, like, Hungry Rabbi? Yeah, what, this what is kind of rabbi? rabbi? This is ravishing rabbi. <laughs> the only way it works is if she's the robot from Solo <laughs> with that hungry rabbi. I just hope it's a rabbi magician, uh-huh. and she's like, crazy rabbi, tricks are for kids. Oh, and let that be the last word in our 2019 best comedy. Congratulations, Fleabag. We know it's a long way from London, but please get on your horse and come get your award. <laughs> Well, that is all the podcasts we have. But, Ryan, let's tell the fans at home about a website. Please always be going to yourpotfilter.com, the only website that has every single one of our podcasts and articles that we write, except for Patreon, which has actually most of the articles and all the podcasts. Also, join our Patreon. Why not? Come on. Get on it. Uh, Why not? I've heard reference to podcasts. Mike, what are some podcasts you could find from our network? Well, thank you. From our network, you can specifically find uh, the Superhero Hour Hour, where Taylor takes Ryan and I through every single live-action comic-based TV show. Uh, it's a it's a it's a grueling thing to do, but a great thing to listen to. Mike, did you just? I'm the. Sorry, go ahead. What? You just walked into a cement truck, but we're trying to follow you. Well, the OCD. No, I shouldn't double down. The OCD. We're gonna go episode by episode through the OC. All right. Uh, Unnatural 20s. Do you know about a podcast about maybe Unnatural 20s? I know about a podcast for dumb people, and that is Unnatural 20s. <laughs> nice. Woo! Two dumb people and books get gathered weekly <laughs> to talk about things, whatever we want. We leave it all up to a dice. Which one? Which dice? Yeah. A d20. <laughs> <laughs> is that frustrating for you, McKenna, to be on a show with 
two dumb no, people? No, it helps my superior complex. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you need that. I need that. Always smart for a smart person to just hang out with a couple dullards. We all think we do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, we're all looking at each other like, yep, I do the same thing, yep. man. All right, I feel like that's everything we got to plug, right, Ryan? Uh, uh, we got Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at your pop filter. Follow us on Instagram at your pop filter. Patreon at your pop filter. If you think that uh, Big Bang Theory should have won, email us. Contact at your pop filter. Yeah, for sure. Do it. Let us know. If if you think Young Sheldon is the best show on TV, hit me up. Then your name yeah. is Taylor. That's the <laughs> only specifically right to me. T Money Bagels because I want to chat with. Text you. me at one five five five. Do you guys five, five, want five. people to follow you that listen to this show, or do yes. you specifically not want them? I yeah. do want them. I'm do you do at, your at Pensive Gorilla. You can follow me whenever you want. Yeah. I, I love it. I got 130 people Absolutely. hanging on every word yeah. I say. I got, <laughs> at T Money Bagels, if you want to follow me. Yeah. McKenna. Oh, at they call me books. Mike. At microphone yo. Microphone yo, Cassie. It's microphone with yo at the end. Do you have one? Do I have a Twitter? Yeah, at this be Cassie. I don't have one. And it's sweet stunts Cassie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Which uh, great name. That's Thanks. a great name. Great name. Thanks. Why don't we call her that in real life? Sweet stunts Cassie. Because hey. you know, you don't really Cassie. see her do many stunts. But I'm gonna do a stunt which is called bringing this podcast to a conclusion. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening, and check us out next week when we talk about 2019 drama.